0: Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 51 of the Rock Podcast. For those about a pod, we salute you. In this episode, we look at the letter H in the A to Z of rock. We've got latest rock news, we've got some new releases, we've got book club of rock. And of course, we've got everyone's favorite item, hidden gem time. So without further ado, here he is my podcasting partner. Here's Brian. Hey, Matthew. How you doing? I'm okay. Thank you. I'm doing all right. Thanks.
1: How was your Glenn holiday? Brian.
0: It was it was fantastic. Thanks for asking. Did you go anywhere great. nice? I went, I went to Canada ah, for a couple of weeks. Oh, Canada. I, I told my wife that we were going for a holiday, but secretly it was a rush pilgrimage. <laughs> we went to the Toronto area. No, we had a ser- seriously fantastic time. So a lovely place, Canada, lovely people. There's a there's a the only problem with Canada, however, is that cannabis marijuana is legal there. And that's not a problem for some people, of course, but there's the constant whiff of it in the air, which is, you know, it depends on your perspective, but it's not, not the best thing necessarily. Um it's great. No, lovely, lovely people, lovely kind of <clears throat> culture, let's say. And I and I visited a I went when I was in Toronto, I visited a few. Rush, um if you like, landmarks. But however, before that, Brian, I've told you this story, but I'm going to tell everyone else. We were at Gatwick Airport, which is just south of London. Those that are, are not familiar with the geography of Great Britain. And uh, I was waiting for my wife to come out of a very well known pharmaceutical store, uh, i.e., Boots, <laughs> uh, just getting a few bits and pieces <laughs> for, for the trip. Anyway, I'm, I'm just standing there, just minding my own business. John Paul Jones of Led Zepp is walking towards me with his wife. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. This is, I mean, it's rock, literally it's rock royalty, isn't it? I mean, we've met a few people over the years, you know, but John Paul Jones, Led Zepp. Anyway, someone up to him and said, look, excuse me, Mr. Jones. And he was very gracious. He just gave me a little wave, a little smile, which said, thank you for approaching me. I don't really want to talk to you, but I appreciate, I appreciate you recognizing me all the same gave me a little wave and a little smile and off he went and I thought I'll take that I'll take that from from the bass player of probably in my opinion the greatest rock band that's ever existed but uh, apart from that Canada was great Uh, did a rush um, a rush kind of uh, pilgrimage if you will (laughs) we went to the I drank my wife at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning quite a walk from our hotel to the um, Ontario (laughs) legislature building (laughs) it's true she didn't grumble actually she was like yeah, okay fine uh and which is the and i'll put a picture on facebook i've already done it i think which was the uh it was used for the front cover of moving pictures one of the greatest rush albums ever we went to uh massey hall um where all the world's of stage is was recorded uh went through hamilton went through st catherine's where neil peart was born and where he grew up and so on. And the funny thing is, you, you you people talk to you in Canada. You know, hi, you're from Britain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why are you here? And I, and then you talk about, you know, holiday. And then and then it turns out most people that we spoke to had some sort of connection with Rush. We spoke to someone and uh, they were saying, oh, you know, subdivisions would have, should have been filmed in my school in Scarborough, which is just outside of Toronto, but it was recorded in the other school. Someone else we met in a bar said, oh, my dad sold them a car each and all that sort of stuff. But it's great. It was great, Brian. Thanks for asking. Hey, Thanks for asking.
1: So, you want to test that theory out when you go to Vancouver. Can you imagine going to Vancouver? Would well, that's would, true. would it you know our our Rush the rush of Toronto nicely sealed off and then is Vancouver off for the Brian Adams? Um No, I was
0: thinking that. I was thinking that, strange enough, and I was there because I imagine there's a kind of you can do a sort of pilgrimage in Vancouver because there's that famous studio that I think Brian Adams owns. That obviously he's recorded in, and ACDC have recorded in. Do you remember the famous story about seeing them, you yeah. know, outside having a cigarette, you know, while they're recording, yeah. all that kind of, all that sort of conspiracy theory stuff a couple of years ago? So yeah, I think um, yeah, Vancouver's on my on my list. I think next time. It's a long way though, Vancouver. It is. You've been you've been there, of
1: course. Haven't I you? have been. I have been, and I purchased a Brian Adams album in. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, I went. I went into Tower Records in Va- Vancouver, and went and bought a live album of Brian Adams. Little Mountain Studios is the is the is the studios, and it was. I knew you. Yeah, I it was.
0: Um, you should do a rock podcast. I should really. do a podcast. Yeah. Did you think about that? Seriously.
1: Yeah. I, I should do that. Yes, Bob hmm. Rock. It was one of his favorite um, studios, and Slippery When Wet was recorded there as well too. Because next door to Little Mountain Studios. Little Mountain Studios, you had, there was a bar that the band liked to frequent.
0: I shall oh. say no more. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, anyway, it, uh, yes. It was great.
1: It was. But before you went on a holiday, yes, we went to Steel House <laughs> Festival. We
0: did. We did. Indeed. Yeah. And what are your memories of that festival, Brian? Um... The weather was changeable, Matthew. (laughs) Changeable was a very kind way of looking at it.
1: Uh, It was, it was, it was, uh, it was a great, my memories of it, the first thing that comes to mind was how good was The Sinners without Ginger Wildheart?
0: Amazing. Highlight of the weekend for me. Um, Amazing. Uh, Fabulous. yeah, really good. Did loads of did a few covers, didn't they?
1: Dirty Water um, by Status Quo.
0: Yeah, that was a yeah. that was a highlight. And Willin by Little Feet. Yeah. Uh which is a well you know a well, a well kind of, you know, it's quite a kind of, you know, open mic classic, as it were. But um yeah, they were great, weren't they?
1: Uh-huh. And Sam from uh Wayward Sons and Black Star Writers sat down on mm. guitar with them. One of the Tallest man in rock, probably it's between him and Mick Fleetwood who, for who the tallest man in rock is.
0: Yeah, he's one of my worst favourite actually, Sam yeah. Wood. Do you remember I, a couple of years ago we were at yep. Steelhouse and I, I got a picture of him with me, obviously yeah. not just him on his own, and I, and he was he was like full full on rock star, and I was dressed like, like I was going fishing. Uh, it was very embarrassing yeah. for me, not yeah. him. He was lovely. Wasn't
1: he? Yeah. But I think the festival itself, the Friday, it kicked off so well on Friday because um, a band that, that I know you champion a lot and love is the Karma Effect. Mm-hmm. They, they were on the bill. Um, Dan Byrne kicked the whole thing off, who, the former yeah. vocalist in Revival, Revival Black. When mm-hmm. rivers meet, they were they were they were good. Their sort of sultry blues, mm. you know, sort of that reslinky. Yes,
0: yeah, slinky. slinky. I think, yeah. Good vibe with that that, yeah. that band. I like them. And Chris
1: Boris, the the man with the muscles.
0: Yeah, and his and, and his million tattoos. Yeah, yeah. So he f- always gives hundred percent. though. he's a he's, he's a good good performer. I like him. Great
1: band, too. He was good. So the Friday kicked it off very well. And then mm. we had Saturday. Um,
0: mm.
1: And for me, Saturday Saturday was a great start with uh, Dead Men's Whiskey and then Austin Gold, who I yeah. love. Austin Gold. Uh, it's, mm. The things you learn is yes. <laughs> that nobody in the band's called Austin. They're true. not from Austin, and nobody's called Gold. So it's a made-up That's name, true. but they... um. Uh, they they were early early doors in the bill and they were
0: they were excellent. I went yeah. off from a customary snooze. Yes, indeed. Yes, and, yeah, you did. And yeah. I missed the damn was, truth. Yeah, they were great. They're from Canada. There's a Canadian vibe there going, thread going through things. Yeah, excellent. A bit of a Janis Joplin vibe going on um, with, with the singer, but yeah, fantastic. Fantastic band. Before you go to that, actually, there wasn't an, a dry eye in the house or on the field. Uh, with uh, Dead Man's Whiskey, when they do uh, a song called um, Make You Proud, which is, oh, tearjerker. It's about the, uh, do you remember that it's a song about the singer's mum who had uh, a brain tumor? She's okay now, thank, thankfully. Yeah. But oh my God, the way he describes it. And geez, I, think that, I said, it wasn't a dry eye in the house. Or was it just me? Um, <laughs> uh, Florence Black, they pop up everywhere. They're a good band, aren't they? they Three are. piece from Wales. Do their obligatory bread fan cover, obviously heavily influenced by the magnificent Budgie. They're a good band, aren't they? They're going to be big as well.
1: They sounded really good. I, I we've seen them a couple of times, and they're 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 just getting their their own material is mm. is quite strong, and it's quite it's r- obviously very riff laden. But I thought the singer, a uh, uh, singer and guitarist, was he was really really good. Um they they, they set it up really really nicely for. Uh, for those damn crows.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before then we had Black Spiders, of course, they were, I thought were excellent. I I've been to four festivals that Black Spiders have been at and I hadn't really ever sort of seen an entire set of there. So I made I made the effort. and They were great. I enjoyed them. Very energetic. Uh, but you're right. Absolutely. That, you're right. Those mm-hmm. damn crows were fantastic. You, Your usual magnificent kind of... I'm surprised they weren't, weren't headlining, to be honest with you, but uh, they were brilliant, weren't they?
1: They were. They were. And you know, I, I've come... Quite late to those damn crows as a band. They were excellent last year at Stone Dead. I thought they were again. Um, they were special guests on the bill, and I thought yep. they, I thought they were the band of the day, um, personally. And their their new album's out, and I, you know, the the crowd hmm. warmed him. I have to say, if you were looking round. The, the venue, the amount of merch and people wearing Those Damn Crows t-shirts and hats mm. and everything, it was it, it was a Those Damn Crows crowd.
0: Uh, and they played yeah. brilliantly. Singer just well, gets not, better. Absolutely. Well, not surprising. I mean, right in the heart of Wales, they're only from yeah. down the road, aren't they? A bit like the Florence Black guys. Yeah. And then Airborne finished the day off. They're pretty special, aren't they? I mean, they just give it... Give it everything, don't they? I mean, it's it's everything. There's Lemmy's bar. We talked about it in the context of Made of Stone, yeah, yeah. where they headlined as well. Strange enough, the week before, yeah, you know, they give it everything. So much energy, so much sweat.
1: Yeah, and Joel was wearing a. Uh, he had a he had a uh, he had a, he was wearing a boot as well too. He looked he was he had a, had an accident oh, on his right, right, right leg. So he was he mm. would he had his jeans cut up. And he had his black boot up, you know, and he was—he wouldn't have noticed, you know—I'm um, no. running around and, yeah, and he even he even jumped up onto the back of the Marshalls and did his guitar solo bit. So, uh, mm. and they played through the rain, you know. Saturday yes. night, Saturday night was a, a tough night for the for the audience, but they were hell—they mm. they were hilarious. It's just—it's ACDC on steroids, as far as I'm concerned.
0: <laughs> well, absolutely. However, talking about rain. I yes. mean, the, it it was a start of. What was a deluge on the Sunday? I mean, it was just—it's very weird actually, because the, the the setup at steel houses is there's a stage, there's a about forty foot space, and there's a kind of a canopy, which is there yeah. largely for people to kind of shelter from the sun or a little sit down and whatnot. But it was everyone was kind of huddled in there, weren't they, trying to keep out the rain? And it was very weird when Troy Redfern came on about midday, I think it was something like yeah. that. And like the, there was like a few diehards on the on the barrier. And there was the majority of us huddled in this, in this tent. Yeah. We, we brought, we brought ponchos, which still weren't enough, were they really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I, I'd say I, I struggled with the weather on the, on the Sunday. The the bands were great though, weren't they? They Some really, good, good performances.
1: I, I have to say, if I was playing, if I was playing Matt at, at an outdoor festival and there's a few people around the front of the stage and then everybody's like, hundred foot or 50 feet back in a tent, mm. all nicely warm. Um, you know, Kiramak, I thought they did very, very well to try and, you know, connect with the audience. Uh, the vintage caravan, I've not seen them for a while. Mm. They're very Hendrixy psychedelic. They mm. were-
0: Like groovy, weren't they?
1: They were. They, 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 um, they were Scandinavian, so they were kind of cool. They were sort of like, hey, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: It was like a summer's day for them, wasn't it? <laughs> Lashing down with rain.
1: Yeah, and, and probably for me, controversially, I think the band of the day on the Sunday was the answer.
0: Me too. I have to agree. they huh? brilliant, were not they? Yeah, Cormac was great. Just, show. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, but Elegant Weapons were good, um, uh, fronted by um, Ronnie Romero and um, with um, uh, Richie Faulkner on guitar. We love Richie. Yeah. Pretty solid kind of, you know, heavy metal sort of uh uh set. Didn't any priest numbers, unfortunately, which we're looking forward to, but um pretty good cool all the same. Most songs off their album, which we talked about um yeah. a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. And then uh the weekend was finished by Blackstone Cherry, who were again magnificent, put a great performance in and um that was there. It was pretty grim on that Sunday, wasn't it? Gee, it
1: was. It was grim on the Sunday, and then then we dealt on the Monday morning with this psalm. <laughs> it was. Oh it goodness. was just the mud, uh, boys and girls. If you're ever at a festival and uh, it's raining on the Sunday night,
0: go home. <laughs> go home
1: then. Go home then, or make sure you get up really early in the morning and get mm-hmm. out before everybody is is trying to get out at the same times because it was just a quagmire of muck. I think I left a pair of boots there, um, mm. which I'll probably pick up next year uh, if we go back.
0: Those, those high-heeled ones,
1: I think. They, they're quite <laughs> nice, aren't they? Leopard, leopard print ones. Yes. I suited you those. <laughs> Yes, exactly. But it was great. Uh, Well-organised as usual. Um, yeah. You know, and the one thing we say about is they is they, they do look after... Um, they look after the, the punters in terms of oh, yeah. great showers. The food vending w- was, was excellent. Mm. Even in the morning when you're standing in your shower for an hour and a half or whatever, um, there's mm. there's a little coffee place where you could have gone and get a big yeah. roll. And there was lots of uh, specialist, um, specialist um, vendors as well too. I know I went uh, to see Ollie Brown, mm-hmm. um, who's a guitar player. He's now got a, a nice sideline. In bespoke jewellery, and you, um, yes, spent some time Kenny's with Kenny's vinyl
0: Kenny. vault. Yeah, big shout out to Kenny's vinyl vault. Bought a few uh, albums from him. I thought they were albums, actually. It turned out to be twelve inch singles, but <laughs> whatever. Um, did you spent You did spend an hour and a half in the queue in the in the shell. You spent an hour and a half in the yeah, queue. For that's the true. That's true. Yeah, that would yeah. have been an, ex- an excessive shell. I can imagine people waiting. Bro, guy's been in it for an hour and a half. What's going on? Is he all right? <laughs> I know you like, you know, a bit of you time, but an hour and a half the shower, Brian. <laughs> that was Steelhouse. Absolutely. See you next year. So, Brian, when I was in Canada, uh, sadly, uh, one of their own, uh, the great Robbie Robertson passed away uh, at the age of 80. Uh, I know you're a big fan of Robbie and the band. Um, I love the that. band.
1: Yes, the band, Um kind of started the genre, um, in the, in the late sixties, you know, that's uh, kind of Americana, um, you know, and every pretty much most of the members of the band, it's, it's pretty cool when you're the first band that calls themselves the band. I know, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the band called themselves the band after the Beatles and the Stones were formed. I, I just mm. you know I just a, anyway um yeah so Robbie Robertson, Levin Helm, a, amazing band. Um, in the late sixties, this is how much the band were revered, Matt. Eric Clapton, after after Cream dissolved as a band, Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker, um, Eric Clapton went to Woodstock where the where the band were were living and and rehearsing and recording, and he and he kind of went to see the band. To see if he could join as rhythm guitarist. Oh, really? He, he really he wanted to join oh, the band, goodness. but he was so quiet and so reserved, and he he he, he held Robbie Robertson and 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 such high regard. He he just he 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 couldn't ask. So they the, they kind of became friends. So, um, yeah. So Robbie Robbie Robertson and, and the band phenomenal. Um. For, for those of you, his career, um, uh, kind of split into th- into three parts. Um, all of the work that he did with uh, with the band, we'll put some we'll put some tracks on the on the playlist, Matt. But you know, he wrote the Wait, the night they drove old Dixie down up on mm-hmm. Cric- uh, Crickle Creek, um, and then they kind of the band finished um, with the. For a lot of people, the rockumentary of all time, which was directed by Martin Scorsese, which was the last waltz when that Hmm. was that was going to be, you know, the band's last ever, um, you know, uh, last hoorah. And they invited, you know, all of lots of contemporaries, you know, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, Eric Clapton, um, Van Morrison, loads of people came along to play. And that was the band done. Then the the middle part of his career, he he worked with Scorsese and he did a lot of movie soundtracks, so great films like Raging and Bull with De Niro, King of Comedy, even The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, he did a lot of movie scores and and he, and he had a he had a, a a brief solo career. And for mm. those of us, we all you know, we all know the the amazing track. Uh, his solo hit which is somewhere down the crazy river so Hmm. an immense uh talent and legacy that that Robbie leaves behind love him love and love the band absolutely
0: absolutely so in other news um recently Mick Jagger turned 80 and um it coincided with uh we love a statue don't we on the old podcast we do we recall the famous Freddie Mercury statue, which looked more like George Michael. Um, but these these statues look pretty good. So uh, in Dartford in Kent, which is in the southeast corner of Britain, those that don't know the geography of Britain, um, they're, uh, they're in a place called Dartford. Um, statues of Mick Jagger and Keith Richards have been in, unveiled. And they're calling these pair of statues the Glimmer Twins. And uh, they're pretty good, actually, for, for a change. Um, Mick Jagger looks pretty skinny, but he's pretty skinny. <laughs> and uh, Keith Richards, you know, looks pretty good. He's he's uh, plucking a Fender, uh, not Stratocaster. It's the other one, isn't it? He Telecaster. Telecaster. Yes. Thank you. I knew you'd know. You're not very good at guitar, but you know a few things about guitars. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought that's pretty good. Uh, I've in uh, early in August, and Brian's now showing me his Fender Telecaster. I didn't know. I was just throwing you a bone there. Um, so, yes, great. Commissioned by Dartford Borough Council to celebrate two of its most famous former residents. Did you know, Brian, by the way, un- unrelated uh, in a way, uh, Mick Jagger and I got the same A-levels, uh, exactly the same A-levels, ex- exactly the same grades. You're kidding. Really? Absolutely true. Yeah. He went to the London School of Economics. I didn't. I went to... <laughs> University of Hertfordshire. But enough about me, it's too much PII. But, <laughs> That's uh, right. Yeah, sorry, we've got exa- exactly the same A-levels. Uh, English and history Case people are wondering, well, what, what were they then? <laughs> my wife does that. Well, what were they then? Tell us, tell everyone. Anyway. I uh, oh might go and see that. It's not far from me, actually, those, those, those uh, lovely new statues. Take a photograph. I might do, actually. Yeah, I might do. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a picture. Send you a copy. Right. Moving on. So, uh, yeah, moving on.
1: Um, the have you ever want, wondered, Matt, what Metallica would sound like if their
0: music was played by ZZ Top? Often, Brian. I mean, numerous <laughs> times. And I lie awake at night thinking that occasionally.
1: Do you? Well, no. uh, the, the wonder, the wonderful world of YouTube. And, and there's so many artists out there who do you know, doing reinterpretations of, uh, um, you know, famous songs, but they'll, do, they'll, do, they'll do them in the, in the style of Rammstein and typo negative and all, all really, really heavy. But there's a, a, a young Croatian guitarist called Dennis Puana and Dennis has recorded the entire debut album of Metallica, which is called kill em all. Yes. And he's done it all uh, and it's a tribute to to Dusty uh, and to Cliff Burton, uh, and he's oh, and he's nice. yeah, and he's done it in the style of ZZ Top. Uh, we'll st- we'll stick the YouTube clip on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. but to hear seek and destroy in a in a in a Texas blue shuffle is just it's a sight to behold, and it's a, the guy who. I, I think Dennis does all of the singing as well too. He does the, you know, that wonderful Billy Gibbons growl, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he does yeah. it brilliantly. So uh, he's he, I think Dennis has got hundreds of thousand new followers on his YouTube channel. It oh, is wow. brilliant, Matt. It's fabulous.
0: Very good. We'll check it out. Mm. So another news, Brian. Um, Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden has uh, hinted that there is something in the pipeline from Iron Maiden. Uh, after the fu- finish of the future past tour, um, which uh, which should be good, um, and uh, possibly uh, I, I would imagine uh, a new live album or DVD or or both, who knows? However, it it made me think that um, since we recorded the last podcast, um, Nico McBrain, the drummer of Iron Maiden, had uh, announced that earlier in two thousand twenty three he'd had a, he'd had a stroke. Uh, which is which is quite tough, and after ten weeks of intensive physical therapy, and May this year is able to join the, the the future past tour. But I thought, wow, that's I mean, so brave of Nico to, to kind of come out with that, and equally to to do the tour, which is quite a physical tour. I mean, playing with Maiden, there's no mean fee. It's not your kind of basic four four stuff. And um, and I remember at the time, you know, this tour started, and a lot of the kind of the keyboard warriors were out there saying, "Oh, the patterns aren't quite the same as they was in as they were in eighty three and 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 so on, and you think, well, no, he's you know, it's forty years ago uh, when he was a you know younger man, and this probably accounts for it. So, um, you know, good on you, Nico, for coming out, and you know, we wish you well, of course, with your recovery. Long may you continue drumming for the great Iron Maiden.
1: I well said, Matthew. I, hmm. I it was it was very interesting. I, and Iron Maiden fans are, you know, and people who watch them, they're they're it's we're into rush territory aren't we where you know mm. people when they're air drumming, they, they drum along to the yeah and it was all a lot of the a lot of the people you know the eagle-eyed and eagle-eared fans mm. it was during the the intro to the trooper yeah. so if you listen to the trooper Nico was playing some amazing stuff and at the start of the tour um he wasn't quite used doing the exact same fills. So, so people were going, Oh my goodness is, is, uh, is, is Nico, you know, losing his, you know, is, mm. his drum uh, prowess. And the fact that he having a stroke in January and to be back yeah. on stage playing, you know, it wasn't an hour show or an hour and a half, it's full mm-hmm. on uh, show and, and playing stuff like Alexander the great, which was, which was nine mm-hmm. minutes plus, um, fair play to you, Nico. I, I, I no. you know, and I don't think anybody's criticising Necco in any way, but to now know what he went through to get to play on the tour. Yeah. Props, props to Necco.
0: Yes, indeed. Props. Oh, yes. We've established, they're not front row rugby players. They're like, <laughs> you know, kudos, yes, kudos, kudos,
1: <laughs> kudos.
0: <laughs> yes. Which reminds me, how the kid's doing, by the way. Kids are doing all right. Yeah, and they all had their right. exam results. Yeah. Any good?
1: Um I, I think unfortunately they're gonna to have to go to university like me for fifteen years.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. Should sure it be all right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's move on. So Matt, where where you know the phenomena mm.
1: in the I don't know if it was in the nineties or the two thousands. Where do you sit on the the guitar hero game thingy? You know, where you had yeah. this little plastic guitar and you mm. played along. Is it something you did?
0: Well, I tried. Yeah, I have to say, I put, when I was about fifteen years ago, I, I did get one. I think for my kids actually when they were very young, and they were they, they were brilliant at it. They used to kind of play it and they would talk to me at the same time. And say, "Hi, oh, Dad. Yeah, um, just playing guitar." And then, well, can you get us a you know drink? And um, but their their two favourite songs were um, "Shout of the Devil" by Motley <laughs> Crue, believe it <laughs> or not. And uh, what's that song by Cheap Trick? Um, Surrender. 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 Yeah, they love those two. But yeah, it was, uh, I remember it was quite, probably, they probably built dexterity or brain function or something. Have you, you, you never tried it, have you? I had the opposite experience.
1: I remember I at a party once, and I mm. think one of my friends had bought Guitar Hero for their kids. And we, you know, all, you know, the adults were having a, were, were obviously having a bite to eat and a few drinks, etc., And then, mm-hmm one of my pals gets out guitar hero and then hands me this piece of plastic. <laughs> says, yeah. wow, you you play guitar. You and, I, and and I can't remember what I think I probably I, I can remember the track that I tried to play, Map. I tried go to it. play Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Gee. And of course, you know, any guitarist out there knows that, you know, it's all G C D and then you go into the bridge Absolutely. and it's E minor. Yeah. However, it doesn't really matter in Guitar Hero because you're hitting no. a red button, a blue button, a green button, a yellow button. Right. And I was absolutely awful at Guitar Hero. So I did it once mm-hmm. and was, I was the only guitar player in the room, handed it over to one of my pals who never played a guitar, uh, um, an instrument at all. And they got a million points more than me. So that was me done with Guitar Hero. However, okay. somebody has set the world record. For playing the most notes without making any mistakes, or in Guitar Hero land, overstrumming.
0: Oh yes. Yes,
1: overstrumming. So, yeah. uh, Carney Jarrod, mm-hmm. he now holds the world record for for the most notes for making no mistakes, and he did this by playing. And the percentages are right here. He played Freebird. Yep. 300% faster than the original track of Freebird. Wow. wow. Honestly, people, it's one of those YouTube videos where you're watching the guy and he's just battering away at this plastic guitar. And then at the end of it, uh, don't let the kids see it if you watch it, friends. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, friends. yeah. At the end of it, when he when he plays his nearly 2000 notes within this four minutes, the the relief and the expletives that come out of his mouth as he finishes this. But uh, for anybody who wants to see Guitar Hero in action overdrive, Carney Jarard doing Freebird 300 times more uh, faster than the original, it is a sight to behold.
0: Check it out. I uh, will. Excellent. Thank you, Brian. That's it. Yep. News time over with. So that brings us to Book Club of Rock for this episode. And I have to admit, Brian, in advance for disclosure that I did actually listen to this as an audiobook rather than read it. I do as well.
1: Yep.
0: So this is uh, the first... So said first, probably the last, first and last, autobiography uh, by Giza Butler called Into the Void, From Birth to Black Sabbath and Beyond. And it's exactly that. It charts his upbringing in uh, post-war Aston in Birmingham. Um, his life has been sort of, um, and a lot of kind of influences by the occult and the supernatural. When he was young, and this is before rock music was invented or even discovered or of or whatever he had this vision he's about seven years old it's quite interesting the vision of this of this man with silver boots and long hair playing a bass guitar and and that turned out to be him clearly So before rock stardom was even a thing but the the whole story is listed with um supernatural occurrences and ghostly sightings and famously of course he um uh the song black sabbath he wrote about a dark figure at the end of his bed and so on but it's a really good read, actually. Um, so we all just need Bill Ward to, uh, from the original four um, Black Sabbath members to write his autobiography, and we've got the set. But yeah, it's good. It's a really good read, and and listen to it on audio because he's got a nice kind of lilt, a nice tone. Uh, Terence Butler, Geezer Butler, to his friends. Um, so yeah, check it out. Um, and it does it does indeed cover you know from his early years through the Sabbath era, the mountains of drugs and and the boos and the ups and downs of being in a, a global heavy metal band in the um, seventies uh, where there was no rule book. They just kind of made it up as they went along and, um, and to the present day and he's essentially retired. Does a lot of work for animal rights and animal welfare and so on, which is, which is great. Been a vegetarian since 1957. Uh, so he's very young, obviously. So uh, yeah, good on him. Uh, so yeah, go and check it out. Um, Giza Butler, Into the Void, From Birth to Black Sabbath and Beyond. And I managed to get through that entire resume without even hinting a Tony Iommi impersonation. <laughs> um, it's it it about Giza Butler. It's not about Tony. Um, it's not about you, Tony. Yeah. Get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> that was it. That's Book cover Rock for this episode.
1: Hey, well done. Yay. So, much. We now have New Rock on the Block.
0: Yeah, I like it. Good jingle.
1: I like that. Yeah. So what vinyl platter do you have to serve up for us this episode, young Matthew?
0: <laughs> well, What's
1: your starter?
0: Well, uh, let's start with the, the latest album from Girl's School. Hey. So Girl's School, uh, uh, as I think I mentioned in the last episode, was supposed, supposed to be my first gig but because I was 14 and had school the next day and they came on very late and I had to catch a train that they weren't Not said about that. But this is their new album and it's called, it celebrates the fact they've been in the business 45 years as girls school. And it's called, um it's a slightly clunky title. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but essentially it's uh, WTF45. That
1: sounds about right, isn't
0: it? Or you can do... Words,
1: WTF
0: or E5. Yeah, you could do I suppose. It doesn't quite have the same kind of, you know, ring to it. <laughs> I quite liked it, actually. I mean, it's, it's, you, need, you need a couple of listens because it is a bit sort of, um, I mean, when bands sing about themselves, and there is an old adage when you write a song, you probably know this, Brian, write about what you know. So there's a lot of songs about their journey over the years, such as Is What It Is, uh, Barmy Army, yeah. And uh, and Are You Ready? And indeed Party. In fact, it's four songs about them. <laughs> kind of autobiographical, I suppose you could say. Um but there are some good songs on it. I mean, there's a really good um really good song called Cold Dark Heart, which is kind of you know one of those classic kind of sword and sorcery type songs. Uh, Bump in the Night, probably not the greatest, the greatest moment, but a nice riff all the same. And Invisible Killer. Which is slightly out of date now because it's all about the COVID virus. Yeah, um, I thought the rest the of that was really good. Yeah, and and believing believing you believing in you, um, they kind of channelled their inner ACDC for that. But uh, and 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 they kind of cover the finish the album off with a, an um, an almighty cover of Born to Raise Hell featuring Biff Byford of the equally mighty Saxon. Who currently have Brian Tanner of Diamondhead playing rhythm guitar when they're touring? <clears throat> Close brackets. Um, so all in all, it's quite a fun album. You know, I, I quite enjoyed it. And you know, it all wrapped up in forty-two minutes, like the old, the old days. Yep. What did you think, Brian?
1: I they could have recorded the first of all the production on the album is excellent. I thought it was it really, really well produced because um, there, there's there was a punkishness to mm. to um, to Girl School. Um, and I, when I was listening to it and I thought, do you know what, if Avril Lavigne was to ever do a mm. a, a rock album, like a kind of rocky, punky album, um, this is what they would sound like. I I, I just mm. had visions of Kim and Denise, Jackie and Tracy, you know, they, they kind of watched, they watched the, um, the Netflix documentary of the Sex Pistols. And they went right. Let's go and write our new album. It had a really, it uh, had a really nice um, feel to it. The r- the riffs were great. Um, I have to say that the the song that I that I um, uh, connected with the most, which was the song "Party,"
0: because yeah. a well, lot. Well, you of- You're a you're a party boy. Uh, well, well, mean, of, course, yeah, of course, of course. Afternoon siestas and everything. You know, you know, you never. <laughs> you're always up. You know, to at least eleven o'clock at exactly, night,
1: aren't you? exactly. Okay. As, as, but as long as I've a, as long as I have a cup of milk, and I like to switch my, I've had my all my electronic devices switched off by nine thirty. You know, so. new electric blanket on, an electric blanket on, exactly, and a, a nice. Anyway, the, the tune party, which which a lot of the lyrics were, you know, given a shout out to to you know, you know, uh, T Rex etc. Yeah, I just yeah. thought, I just thought it was just, I was listening to it and I went. If there ever was a song to respond to "Rocket" by yes, Def Leopard. absolutely, I thought the same. Actually, that was enough. that was the song. So I thought that I thought that was a there was a great song. As you say, um, they they they've the final track in the album where you've got "Born to Raise Hell." They actually they made a real good fist of of that Motorhead classic. Biff was on it. Phil Campbell and Duff McKagan. Uh, all, oh really? Yeah 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 yeah. Oh, wow! Yeah, they're they're a good
0: iron fist of it. Yeah, iron fist. Iron fist.
1: Yeah. So I I um I, I was pleasantly surprised after 45 years and that Girl Skull are are still going and and have put an album out of this. So and and uh, hopefully they'll get out and and tour it, get behind the album as well too, because they are, they they are road dogs, aren't they? They really like the. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They they
0: completely. live the they live it and breathe it. I mean they they are yeah. What you see on the tin, as it were, and then you've got somebody who 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 is at the
1: other uh, end of his career, which is young Wolfgang Van Halen, as we Mm -hmm. as we know and love. Mammoth Two is out. What did you think of that one, Matt?
0: Well, I thought it was great. I loved every song, Brian. I mean, it's it it, just you just can't fault Wolfgang Van Halen. I mean, there's just, it's great musicianship. There's melody, there's heaviness. There's a hint of Alter Bridge. He's obviously, you know, mates with <laughs> um, the, the Alter Bridge guys, Monty primarily. Uh, stand Out Songs For Me, Take A Bow, Write. Uh, I'm All Right is somewhat of a cathartic song, you know, about his, the, the, basically saying, look, you don't need to keep asking me if I'm all right. My dad's passed away, but I'm all right, you know. So, um, so I think there's a slightly sort of cathartic, uh, kind of approach with some of his songs, but I loved it. One of the albums of the year for sure.
1: Couldn't agree more. I think we were blown away by his uh, his 2021 debut album. Um yep. it was one of our albums of the year. Um the the songwriting um it just it just felt uh it just felt so much more of a cohesive album um his guitar solos, he just seemed to, He—he—he oh he, he, he was there was elements of it where, you know, he is a Van Halen, it's in his blood mm. and his guitar solos were phenomenal. I was so impressed with his vocal. I think his vocal has gone up a notch and I'd agree with you, Matt. I think the time that he's been out on the road with the Alter Bridge guys, I wouldn't be surprised if he's picked up a few tips uh, from mm. Miles. Because Miles is one of those people who looks after his voice, probably very, you know, very OCD, quite methodical about how he looks after his instrument. And I actually yeah. think Wolfgang's uh, vocal on the, on the album is just, it's just amazing. And to, and to think that he plays everything on the album. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. I And Incredible. so. I yeah, um, it, it's definitely a contender for album of the year for sure. It's going to take a, it's going to take some uh, uh, really really strong albums from other artists this year to to knock Wolfgang off as album of the year. F- fantastic piece of work. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely couldn't agree more.
0: Uh, other new releases, new song from Dirty Honey um, called "Won't Take Me Alive." I like that. It's kind of um, reminding me of. 70s Aerosmith. Really good from their album that's coming out later in the year called Can't Find The Breaks, which I'm really looking forward to. What do you think, Brad? Good song, eh? I, I, oh, I got a bit Canadian then, didn't I? You good song, did. <laughs> eh? Too much time in Canada.
1: I couldn't agree more, Matt. Um, I don't really know much of the early um, Aerosmith albums. Obviously, I know Sweet Emotion and, uh, and Walk This Way, but when I heard the single, it just had that swagger and groove um, yeah. of Aerosmith um, and you just kind of go and oh, can't wait for the album to come out in October it'll be fabulous so great great single
0: absolutely absolutely yeah looking forward to it uh, another new song from our friends in uh, Untamed Silence uh, who we interviewed I think it was last summer wasn't it yeah uh, really good new song called Nowhere and a really really cool video uh, featuring our old friend Nige Uh, with a hood uh, looking like some sort of gothic monk, bless him. Check out the video. But good song too. Uh, Quite dark, but, uh, and quite lengthy. I mean, you know, an epic, but uh, yeah, check out Nowhere by um, Untamed Silence. Hopefully that leads to uh, maybe a new album. Certainly uh, great new music from them.
1: Great. Uh, Again, production was fantastic. I loved the atmospheric piano at the beginning of the song, um, and then we went into you know uh, heavy wrists, quite Sabbathy in terms of the yeah. the depth, uh, and Debbie's vocals were were excellent. So great, great tune, yeah. Hopefully it's yeah. this, as you say. Hopefully maybe more EPs coming out, possibly a full length album. But uh, yeah, great song.
0: Nowhere, indeed. And then finally Trevor Rabin. Ah. Oh. You you like this one, didn't you? Um, a new song from him uh, of a forthcoming album, another album due this this year. An album called Rio. Uh, a song called Big Mistakes. Mm. Not for me, I'm afraid. Bit too, bit too, bit too proggy for me. If I'm honest. But you must have liked it,
1: Matthew. I've bought the single. I've pre-ordered the album. Um, okay. It is it is classic Trevor Rabin era, um, from yes. Um, for those yes fans, um, uh, for the era, if you like the, the talk album in particular, maybe big generator. Um, yeah, Trevor's, Trevor's playing again. He's, he's like, (laughs) I don't know whether, uh, whether you would call him a latter-day, latter-day Wolfgang Van Halen, <laughs> but uh, he's a multi-instrumentalist like Jeff Lynne. He plays everything. The drums are the only thing that uh, that Trevor doesn't play on this track. Track is Big wow. Mistake. Uh, it is just fantastic. Uh, if you like Owner of a Lonely Heart, uh, that type of yes, you will love Big Mistakes. It is fabulous. And my yeah. single of the episode this one it's brian's really? banger brian's banger
0: <laughs> all right It's <laughs> that new thing you just coined i've just coined uh, it like sunday morning rock <laughs> brian's banger <laughs> copyright 2023 <laughs> then that brings us to h in the a to z of rock um what you got for us brian Heavy metal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. There's, there's a lot of people kind of wonder what the derivation of heavy metal is. Of course, it was first first mentioned in the song, I think, in um, Born to be Wild, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. And I think, I think yeah. it was possibly some journalist in the 60s. We should have researched this a bit better, actually, but certainly <laughs> it's mentioned in um, in Born to be Wild. Um. So uh yeah, heavy metal. I mean that's why we're here really I suppose aren't we? In a way, and hard rock. Hard ah. rock and heavy metal. Put them side by side.
1: Put them side by side and then you've g- then there's two two things that go together, Matthew, in my yes. view. Head banging. Yes. And what else do you require when you head banged?
0: Well, head, primarily. <laughs> <laughs> Hair. 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 Yes, well, it's a good, it's a good shout actually. I mean, I, I think we're we're at a certain age now where our, our head banging is a bit more sort of you know, gentle, and we still you still have a little nod. No, it's it's nod banging. banging. But um, it's funny. I was I was I'd research, I because I like to find out the derivation of some of these things. But um, I was reading on the on the internet, which you can always trust, of course. <laughs> um, rock stars have ro- have rock I'm going to quote actually. Um, I don't know what the source is, but rock stars have long hair. For lots of reasons. Um, the Beatles paved the way apparently with their anti-establishment uh sort of sentiments during the sixties. Uh long hair long hair can help to create an air of mystery and rebellion and basically non-conformity. And I I'd say when I was sort of 15, 16 yeah, I suppose you know you kind of grew your hair to be non-conformist to to an extent, but you know, it's more to sort of fit in with the other kind of heavy metal headbangers, as it were. But yeah, hair, yeah, very important. We've still got a bit, haven't we, Bry? You know, a little bit, not much, but um, <laughs> a little bit all the same. Which um, I means must, I must dye mine soon. Jeez. <laughs> right, let's move on. I'm
1: talking about somebody in the mid 80s who had a fabulous head of hair. Yes. And took up a very, very tough gig in 1985. Yes. Mr. Sammy
0: Hagar. Yes, indeed. Yeah, still going strong in his 70s, bless him. He is. Amazing f- performer. Montrose, Van Halen, The
1: Circle, Chicken Foot. Mm. Would you believe it, Matt? It's 10 years since the debut Chicken Foot album. Wow. Well, yeah.
0: Oh, Yeah, that's, wow. I I'm going to have to put some, to celebrate, we'll put some, We'll put the entire album on the uh, on the playlist. <laughs> How about that? It's a great any, album.
1: Any excuse,
0: yeah, great stuff. Um, but of course, Glenn Hughes, one of your favourites, was also one a, a man with lustrous, long. Well, it still has. I'm not sure it's all his own these days, but um, a lustrous <laughs> bonnet, as we say in this part of the world. Um, and you were telling me earlier, he almost got the Van Halen gig. When David Roth
1: left. Yeah, it was something that came out in the last couple of weeks where um, Eddie had uh, approached Glenn to see if we'd be interested in singing in Val Halen, and, and Glenn, to his credit, has said, you know, it was kind of nice to be asked, but at that time, Eddie was newly sober and Glenn mm. wasn't. Um, mm. And Glenn... I think
0: definitely I, wasn't.
1: Could, <laughs> Glenn, Glenn Glenn wasn't really in the space, so I think actually Glenn kind of backed away from it because he went. He wasn't really in a in a great space, and at that time he that's when he went off to record with Gary Moore and Black Sabbath, and we, and that and that all although it all sounded great on record, I I think mm-hmm. Glenn just didn't have the the tools and the uh, to to be equipped to go back out on the road. But again, there you go, another. Singer? How, maybe one day we'll find out who who were all of the singers that <laughs> that were yeah. that were in play for the Van Halen gig because Eric well, Martin, yeah. Patty Smith, Patty Smith was well, she was the um, she was the first choice um, singer well, allegedly.
0: Yeah, interesting. We can't not mention the great iconic venue that is, was, and always shall be. The Hammersmith Odeon. I said that with my best David Coverdale-style voice. Um, I first went to the Odeon back in 1981. Um, and it's a, well, I think it's still an iconic venue. People talk about the Hammersmith Odeon. It's been called cool a few things over the years, but I think to most people, it'll always be the Hammersmith Odeon. You've been there, of course, Brown, haven't you, over the years?
1: Thankfully, I have. I have. Mm. You, you took me to see my first ever gig in the O, which was when we went to see... Uh, we went to see... Bad ba- Coe. Bad, C- Bad C- and mm. you you said, Yeah, come to London, Mick, Mick Ralphs will be there, he'll turn up, he'll always turn up and I and I went, Yay, he will
0: and he did. And I delivered. Well, Mick Ralph's delivered, didn't he? He did. Um, there's Steve Harris, we mentioned I made an earlier, one of the greatest bass player front men. I think it's ever been. Yeah. Apart from maybe the great the late great Phil Leonard, whose birthday was recently, of course. That's right. Yes. He, his, what would have been his birthday uh was recently in uh, late August. That's right. Um Sean Harris, no relation. Who's he? They say. What do you mean? Who's he? The original singer of Diamond Head is who he is. He's still going strong. He's got new music out. Uh, Check out Sean Harris' music on Instagram. Not that I follow him avidly, but I do. Um, Uh, Sean um, Harris. There um, you go. Bob Harris. Indeed. Whispering Bob. Whispering Bob Harris. Hi everyone, and welcome to Whistle Test with me, Bob Harris. (laughs) Um. (laughs) great stuff Hailstorm Hootie and the Blowfish and some some mighty albums of course um 1979's Highway to Hell by ACDC what an album Hysteria by Def Leppard absolutely and Heaven and Hell from 1980 by Black Sabbath the first album to feature Ronnie Dio, and one of the one of the greatest albums ever ever recorded have we got any more and the cars with Heart Break City. And of course, we can't forget Heart. I'm all the way from Seattle, um, starting in the mid-70s, and to an extent still going strong. We, we, we long for a Heart reunion. I'm not sure we'll ever get one, but um, fingers crossed, but a great legacy all the same.
1: So much... We come now yes. to the end of the show. No, I can't believe it. I know it's, it's, we've had so much fun. I know we come to
0: Hidden Ginger.
1: Thanks, Lola. Sounding great as always.
0: What have you got first, Matthew? Is your head well? Gem? So, Brian, as I was in Canada, I thought I'd go with a Canadian legend, the mighty. Tragically Hip and their album from 1992 called Fully Completely, my favorite album of theirs, and one of my favorite albums, full stop. Um, some great stuff. Um, let's put a few, few songs on the playlist, but if you've never heard of The Tragically Hip, then check them out. Um, magnificent band, sadly no longer with us. No, uh, after the passing of Gord Downey a few years ago, they're, they're, they're a singer and front man, but uh, some great songs on the album, Courage. Looking for a place to happen. Pigeon camera. Who writes a song called Pigeon Camera? <laughs> Lionized, uh, and of course the the title track itself. So check out fully completely by the magnificent the Tragically Hip from Canada.
1: Great shout! And a band. Rev- if there's ever a band that's held in high regard in Canada, it will. Wo- it is the tra- Tragically Hip. You know, what? absolutely. I can remember. they they did a documentary, didn't they, about about the, the band. Certainly there was one on Sky Arts in the UK where, yeah, I think there's a, there's a documentary about the, you know, just the influence of them as a band. I, however, I'm, I, however, yeah, I, however, Uh, I'm going for a band from the 1980s that were, they were formed. In 1988, and it was quite quite interesting how the band were formed and mm-hmm. uh formed by two um former members of the Vinnie Vincent invasion. <laughs> yeah. So uh it's, uh it's quite funny actually because Vinnie Vincent in the in the mid 80s, uh, uh obviously Vinnie Vincent was um was the uh, lead guitarist after Race Freely in in Kiss. Yep. And when he left Kiss, um, he formed the Vinnie Vincent invasion and he put a band together and there was, I always remember it was very pink. There was lots of hair and makeup and it was, it was like glam metal, um, hmm. but on, uh, you know, just, you know, full force. And, uh, the record company kind of were, was waiting for Vinnie to, uh, to, to basically come up with another album and Vinnie wasn't. Uh, no he wasn't uh, giving the material so the members of vinnie vincent's invasion and the lead singer was mark slaughter and bassist Dana Strum. Mm-hmm. basically they took the record deal away from vinnie vincent and went we're just going to give it to slaughter the band yep. and extended and basically gave them the cut transferred the contract to Slaughter and Danny Strom, and they came out with a great debut album, which is my hidden gem for this episode, which is called Stick It To You. It's, uh, it's been remastered in 2020, 2023. You can get it on all streaming services, etc. but a really, really strong um, mid 80s. It's got that, it's got that groove to it as well too. Um, a bit like when we were talking about the D- mm. Dirty Honey, where you've got that mm. swagger, that Aerosmith, but Mark Slaughter's vocals fantastic. Mm. Um, th- um, but as most of the bands in the late eighties, um, you know, put out a few albums and then when we, when you get into the, the, uh, the clear out, um, of the early nineties when grunge hit, Slaughter, you know, they, they try to keep going. Unfortunately, they're they lost their lead guitarist who was who was killed in a car accident, lost a little bit of momentum. But uh, Slaughter's debut album, Stick It To You. Uh, we'll put a few tracks on the mm-hmm. um, uh, on the playlist. But great, great memory of the late 80s with Slaughter. So
0: that's my hidden gem, Matt. Very good. Very good. That's a great one. i surprised they haven't done that already. It's a brilliant album, isn't it? it? Is. With really, up all really night really. and fly to the angels and yeah, and so on. Great stuff. Good. That's it. That's episode nice. fifty-one done, dusted in the uh, in the can, as they say. I mean, I don't, but they say it. <laughs> um So we will see everyone for episode fifty-two in a two or three weeks' time when we can think of stuff to talk about. and But thanks for listening. Uh, listen to us on Scotland Rocks Radio, of course, and on Spotify, Audible, uh, Amazon Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, whatever they're called, and so on. Please get in touch. We're on Facebook, of course, and uh, on X. It's called X now, not It's not Twitter anymore. It's X. That's right, yes. At FTAT Pop. We're also on Instagram it's the same handle as well. I don't know. I lose track. Anyway, thanks for listening. See you next time, Bryce. See you, everyone. Bye. See you,
1: everyone. Bye-bye.
0: Those About a Pod, We Salute You, is a Maylee Rogers production.